0: Hello friends, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Sterling Health and Fitness Podcast. Thanks for joining us, we're glad that you're listening and watching. So before I began my career as a fitness trainer and as an educator in the fitness industry, I had another career. For over 30 years, I was a drummer, a musician, and of course, in that career I had my influences and at the very top of the list of influences happens to be the gentleman sitting next to me today. He is a, uh, a world renowned drummer, musician, composer, um, producer, and an educator, and it's my great pleasure, my honor, to introduce my special guest, Dave Weckl. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carl, for Have having me. me. I appreciate you joining me. All right. So we were talking a little bit uh, last night, and over the past few days, and folks, this is going to be, uh, we're going to have some fun with this today because, of course, I'm in the fitness and the health and wellness business. And what, what we're going to have fun with here is, uh,
1: first of all, when you do interviews, you're probably talking about dramas most of the time and music. Most of the time. Just there. There some, some interviewers get creative with the hobby aspect and they generally always kind of, you know, dovetails into diet and, 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 oh, good. and working out and that type of thing, too. And that's what we're gonna talk about here today. We're gonna
0: break this up into a couple of areas. Um, I I know you have a uh, very demanding schedule. You're traveling the globe for the past few decades. You've been around the globe. Do you happen
1: to know how many times you've circled the planet? I don't know that, but I can say that I'm over 3 million miles on one airline and close to a million on another. (laughs) Those are the documented miles, so yeah, it's a lot. Wow, man, wow.
0: So obviously, to do that, and what we're going to talk about up front here is basically nutrition, um, health and wellness, uh, what, you, what you're doing to sustain your energy levels while you're out there traveling and performing, and exercise, we'll get to that. And then in the second part of the interview, we're going to talk about movement, movement efficiency. Uh, that's something that I teach about in relation to gait pattern, uh, sports, uh, performance. Well, we're going to talk about it in the, uh, relative to drums and economy. So. We'll get to that. So uh, my first question, with the demanding schedule you have and all the traveling you're doing, what are you doing? Like, what are the basic things you're doing nutrition-wise
1: to sustain that energy? Well, I think for me the most important thing uh, when I'm on the road uh, nutrition-wise is to stay uh, light uh, as far as intake uh, amounts of food. That, that I eat. That's the first thing. Um, just eating a lot uh, just slows me down, weights me down. It is sure. not conducive to a, a free flowing performance. It doesn't work so well with the jet lag. So, right. so basically, I'm trying to keep uh, light intake uh, of, of quantity. And and second, uh, it it kind of becomes the search for you know the healthiest uh, mm-hmm. the healthiest route. Uh, to try to try to find what's going to work, and, and and a lot of that depends on area of the world that I'm that I'm in because right. it's it's easier in some places to get healthy stuff. Um, I stopped eating red meat and chicken, you know, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do eat still some fish, uh, but I'm I'm headed more towards uh, a relative plant-based diet and mm-hmm. I just feel better when when I when I do that so I, I try to stay in that direction mm-hmm. um, you know diet-wise and, and, and keep it
0: light. Well I was wondering about that it's one of the questions I, I, I have for people when they switch uh, especially when they cut out the red meat in particular it seems like a lot of times they start to feel better um, eating lighter. I know uh, when I started doing, well Jimmy and I were talking, uh, yeah. Jimmy Haslip who I did an interview with a couple of years ago, um, we were changing things around the same time and he had been experimenting a lot before that but, um, you know, that led to uh, actually just losing some some fat, some weight, and but more than anything having energy. Yeah. Um, you know, I know as, as a drummer uh, having been a drummer for over 30 years, um, there's an amount of energy you need to have to perform. Um, and I've been to many of the shows that you've done, and I, you know, with the electric band in different uh, situations, and
1: right. you gotta have some energy for absolutely. that. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It, um, you know, I've I've always been interested in. Trying to stay in shape, so mm-hmm. you know the physical fitness, exercise aspect is a big part of it too, uh, which I do get a lot of playing, especially every night. It's rather aerobic, mm-hmm. you know, to play the kit because everything's always moving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not really enough though to keep the core strong and all that type of stuff. So, right. It's, when I can get to a gym on the road, I and, and I'm not completely exhausted. I, I try to do that, but. Where the diet is concerned, um, you know, I've I grew up in the Midwest on a, on a very heavy, you know, uh, meat and potatoes diet, and okay. it wasn't really until I left home when I was nineteen and you know, moved to the East Coast uh, that that I started to experiment, get introduced to, to different foods, healthier foods. Not saying my my parents fed me unhealthy, but it was because uh, my mom's a great cook, but. Uh-huh but it was just the the type of food it was the general you know USA Meaning diet and yeah. you know i mean 40 years ago 45 years ago you know it wasn't uh, there wasn't as many chemicals involved in the food the you know wasn't as it's uh, yeah, dangerous for you you know so a lot of uh, you know i just try to stay away from processed foods and you know and, yeah. and keep you know keep everything uh, like i said i I, I mean, my wife and I are, are very into this together. So, you know, she's she's been kind of instrumental, you know, to lately of, of getting me looking at more of a plant based diet. And, and I have to mention a book. I'm sorry. Oh, no, know, that's fine. Because I've been reading this book lately by Dr. Michael Greger called How Not to Die, which is a which is a great book. And it's wow. and it's basically a you know the the, uh, the whole premise is um, you know both you know. From a medicinal standpoint, treating Mm -hmm. illness Mm -hmm. uh, with diet, okay, and 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 it's you know it's not just uh, opinions; it's you know scientific factual studies. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of data, and um, you know, generally speaking, it's you know, he's I love the book because it it really kind of gives all these case studies and you know the difference between you know meat meat diet, Mm. processed diets and. And a plant-based diet and how it can really help um, heal um, and make the body work the way it was supposed to. Um, right. I guess, you know, for him it was his grandmother being cured of cancer when he was a kid, kid you know, when, just from diet and he, so that right. led him on this path. So anyway, it's got me thinking more more about it um, lately. and. And like I said, my wife turned me on to this book, and then I happened to be reading it when I went to China. And going to China, the diet is, I, I'm not sure what you're eating. So I was kind of on a, on a broccoli tofu and brown and, well, there's not even brown rice there, but but you know, that kind of thing. And and, uh, and I was amazed at how much energy I had with the, with a little amount of food and, and you know, just finding fruits, finding fresh fruits. Right. Um, Salads when I could, but even that was a little suspended because of the water. You know, it's, it's uh, that's the first thing they tell you when you go to Mexico is don't eat anything that's washed with the water. So yeah, I've heard stories like that. Yeah, so I'm just trying to you know really uh, I want to get you know try to get my proteins from more um, you know natural things like beans and legumes. Sure. You know those type of proteins, and mm-hmm. I still eat the fish. Um, uh, And I'm trying to cut back on that too because I, after the meat and the chicken, and I guess the one thing that that he points out in this country, especially in the USA, the chicken is worse than the beef because of the lack of control, the lack of, uh, you know, the rules of what is, they're supposed to be regulation. That's the word I'm looking for. There are none. So it's actually scary. Yeah, they pump them full of the hormones and everything. It's just,
0: it's horrible. So I just did a, uh, um, a full day working with 10th graders in high school. Like six different presentations, but it was the same presentation six times in a row. And one of the slides in my presentation showed a chicken at I think 58 days of age, like in 1960, versus a chicken at 58 days old now. They're gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't even, I won't go down that path, but it's what they put in the, you know, what they're pumping them full of is actually kind of scary because then we eat it and we don't really know what we're eating. Um, exactly. And the yeah. whole pesticide thing, too, is right. um, uh, chemicals, um, GMOs, uh, just all these things that you can't pronounce the names. I know. The longer the shelf life, uh, one of the things right. I got to thank you know from one person in the class I'll always remember Mr. Sterling, the longer the shelf life, the shorter yours. <laughs> That's about right. And, you know, pretty much yeah. summed it up about, yeah. about a lot of uh, what people eat. Yeah and and in this society it seems you know i think and i was there for a long time myself eating way too much so it's interesting to hear you talk about especially with what you're doing you need you need energy for playing the drums on high demand gigs you need energy for the road because traveling is not energy free. I mean, it takes a lot of energy, and yet yeah, you don't need to eat a whole lot for that. And a lot of us eat too much, yet yeah. yeah, we're not really that busy. So, well, I think actually, you know a lot of
1: people get confused with the the you know the term energy, um, you know versus calories, you know, and what kind of calories. So, you know, for me, it's very important to have to eat the kind of food that that nourishes that doesn't you know. And it doesn't have the sugar in it that doesn't you know so that it's turned into energy instead of fat so yeah exactly and I mean there's so many opinions out there about what to what to eat what not to eat when to eat it and all that stuff it's, it's a little mind-boggling you know, but but I, I can I can say that I know what's working for me is the, is the light approach and you know certainly more you know fruits vegetables um, and proteins that that are not animal you know and when I do that mm-hmm. I just feel better and I'm leaner you know sort of fat burns off and I actually have more energy with less calories because you know the metabolism works better well it, it's actually
0: taking uh, if you eat real food not whole food clean food um, food that actually when it enters your body and it recognizes your body recognizes it as food and it can use it then if you get 100% usage of
1: what comes yeah. in, then boom—you don't really need that much. Yeah, plus too the you know the what I did notice with the with the meat, especially the animal protein stuff, was that um, the joints were—you know—I have a lot of because of the repetitive stress that drumming causes, and you know, with any sport or anything that you do over and over again, even even computer or whatever you do, that's repetitive stress to the body. You know, I've got arthritic conditions and bone spurs in my, in my, you know, and I've got partially torn rotators and all this stuff going on. But, but it was, it was actually, um, you know, multiplied the problem with all of the the meat protein. And once I cut that out, it was a lot less, you know, problems in those areas. You have some inflammation going on because what we eat can just cause so much
0: another okay. slide from that presentation was inflammation and the link to all kinds of
1: problems yes. associated with uh, constant inflammation right yeah and yeah. for me too the cholesterol is always is always an issue you know I have what I would call hereditary you know high cholesterol mm-hmm. and even with cutting out the meat I was still you know I guess you know certain things that I was still doing diet wise were still contributing to the high cholesterol so I'm still fighting that because I really don't want to be on the roads yeah, so I'm trying yeah. to stay away from, you know, the that mentality, but I've taken, you know, just taking something to to put a band-aid on it instead of actually yeah. figuring out what what the cause is and and it's it's really interesting to see what works and what doesn't diet-wise. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, when when I look through my little outline here, so
0: we have talked about all this. I mean, I'm I am curious to know like when you're traveling, uh, what are the biggest challenges that you face there? What or where? Like, are there places you go? Uh, I imagine if you've been somewhere over and over, you probably know. Like, you go to London, you know, or wherever. Yeah. Been there a hundred times. Uh, I know where to go. What about a new new territory? Do you do research in advance? Um,
1: I'll, tell, well, I'll tell you. To what the, find good food. Um, not really. Uh, I mean, these days, we can pretty much put in a rider or just tell somebody when we arrive. Look, don't eat meat. Wow. You know, vegetables, this and that, and they'll find them because generally throughout the world now, it, it, everybody has a little bit more more awareness about yeah. about trying to be healthy or whatever that means. But but at least there is access to more fruits, vegetables, um, you know, and healthier type of things besides just processed foods. So Good. that's not so much of a challenge for me. The biggest challenge is being able to rest enough and that's on the uh, yeah. message i sent you earlier because yeah. you know you can eat
0: right you can yeah. do all kinds of stuff you can work out but the rest of the biggest
1: is, is finding the hotel that you can actually sleep in <laughs> without yeah. without traffic without without a lot of noise because yeah. sometimes we get in you know and and we're on the road hardcore i mean it's literally sometimes you know up every morning at three or four in the morning you know Man. Air, early airports, sometimes two flights. You know, and these days dealing with airports, yeah, it's it's getting it takes it's time. getting more and more difficult to uh, you know to a feel safe doing it, b to deal with all of the you know added security that we have to that we have to deal with. Unfortunately, more time, more energy, more time, more Less energy. Sleep. I mean, luckily, like I said, the only benefit to traveling as much as as I do and some of my friends that were in the bands together is that you. You get status on an airline, so you, you get the check in business class. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get the bypass right. that go to pre check or whatever that's it might good. be and you know, so that helps. Um, but getting the rest is is uh, is really the biggest challenge in finding those so. places. So yeah. that's that we do research in advance. And if we're on a tour and somebody says, Here's the hotel, we're all like online looking <laughs> at the hotel. To you gotta that, check it out like and, you know, I'm calling ahead. I called ahead to, to this place here in New York, which is actually a really good find. Actually, this place, the time. Yeah, hotel.
0: and it's like two blocks, three blocks from the gig,
1: which is really cool. Well, this is this is a very un-New York type of hotel because it's it's. Uh, I'm guessing that it's it was an older building that's newly renovated and very yeah. modern and quiet. I can't believe it. I always ask for an inside room because you know, then there's not as many streets to deal mm-hmm. with and. And yeah, this, is. Is a great, this is a great find, the Time Hotel is like on 48th yeah. Street. You
0: know? Yeah, it is, it is quiet here. I was yeah. surprised because um, I've stayed at various places around. Because I actually don't live here, although I have a, a place yeah. I stay at now. Yeah. I live in Syracuse, New York. Okay. So, um, but I'm here like half of every week doing work right, and what right, I do right. for uh, yeah. various entities. So I stay up on the way Upper West Side. Um, but before that, I was experimenting at different places. Yeah.
1: And they're so noisy, and I couldn't yeah. sleep. well, they're either really expensive, uh, you know, or, or there's just you know they're dumps, you know, really yeah. old and you know. So this is this is reasonably priced. Uh, it's not cheap, but it's not stupid expensive. But you know that's a big part of it too. So getting back to the to the topic, it's you know sometimes if I have the choice, whether to eat or sleep, and I'm. Exhausted, I'll, I'll always sleep. So, yeah. you know, and then I worry about the, you know, the food after. Yeah. You the, know. the
0: older I get, the more I enjoy my sleep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Although they say it's not not necessarily real healthy to sleep more than seven or eight hours either. So, but yeah, or sometimes the, sometimes the body just needs to rest, you know, especially in conditions, um, you know, even fitness training and whatever you might do. But but certainly the repetitive stress of playing. Yeah, you know, for playing two shows a night, you know, the body just mm-hmm. needs to recuperate.
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of exercise, let's move into that category if you don't mind. Sure. Unless there's anything more
1: you want to share about uh, the dietary end of things. Um, I mean, the only other thing that I'm that I'm doing that is kind of supplementing my diet is I'm taking some some supplements that okay. that are from Italy. That is, uh, you know, that are that are you know, essential oils and. Oh, cool! Uh, plant-based, uh, you know, uh, nice. nutrients as well—all natural products. So those are helping, uh, you know, both topically on the body to, to soothe the, the pains, and then and then ingesting uh, certain uh, supplements that are, that are helping. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: exercise. Yeah. Now I don't know who I heard this from. I don't know if it's Jimmy or it's more than one person, but, but for. For a long time you've been conscious of you know being healthy overall healthy so you've been exercising for years right a long time yeah off and Um, on um what do you do how has it changed if it's changed at all what what do you find is working for you that keeps you where you want to be
1: well back when the when i still had knees that would kind of allow it and i was younger um i was i would run quite a bit i was Mm -hmm. i was running up to you know five miles a day sometimes Mm -hmm. And I was very, you know, very thin, and and, uh, and I always dabbled around with, uh, with with weights of some kind, and I would go in and out of gym memberships and that type of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and there was a period of time in my I don't know early early mid 30s let's say, that I was that I was lifting heavier weight and trying to get a little bit bigger. Um, there's some pictures out there that will you know kind of show that and, and on the back of some of my cover of books. I the think the I've back. seen some of those. Yeah. yeah. But I, it it was starting to affect my fluidity on the kid so I kind of let go of the, of the free weights and now what I do um, is uh, is just walk uphill mm-hmm. on a treadmill for 30 to 45 minutes mm-hmm. um, and at a pretty good clip mm-hmm. um, just enough to get some keep Keep the heart rate going. Heart rate going, sweat a little bit, um, and then, and then the workout proceeds into um, a lot of sit-ups. You know, I, I have a certain machine that I like to use at my gym that, that has no weight on it, but but it really helps the sit-ups. So uh, you know, to for, to not hurt the back, um, and you know, I'm up to. It, it depends on the day and how where I'm at and my frequency of gym visits. But I mean, normally it's a it's a Every other day, an uh-huh. event for me in the gym, and you know, four to five hundred sit ups at the crack if I can, if I'm in kind of okay. like training mode, which really helps everything with the back, uh-huh. you know, and the core, you know, to keep things tight. So, and my dad was a, a military guy that, uh, you know, he was really, really into being in shape. And, okay. You know, he still had a six pack when he was in his 70s, so he was, you know, he was. Wow. Very well built, and he was always he, he had a he had a horrible diet, you know. But um, and that's ended up ended up killing him. Basically, it was a stroke. And, you know, oh, really? Don't okay. And I'm sorry to hear about that. Well, I mean, he yeah. still lived to eighty eight. Oh, but, okay. But, well, you know, he had a good run. But but, yeah. but I think he'd probably still be alive if he would have had a decent diet, you know, and not because you know, I don't think I ever saw him eat a vegetable ever, you know, unless it was a carrot in the stew, in the meat stew. I see. Know. Yeah,
0: he wasn't interested. So. And I'm sorry, uh, I'm, I'm digressing for one second. Where did you grow up?
1: Uh, Midwest, St. Louis.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, St. Actually St. I actually knew that. Yeah. And Tom Kennedy yeah. was there too. Or? Tom Kennedy okay. was there too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so let's continue. So you were saying yeah. you'll knock out four or five hundred sit-ups. Yeah. You and that, out yeah. The and room. then what I
1: do is I use a. Um, uh, I'm not. I, I don't remember the name of the, of the machine, but it's like a cable machine mm-hmm. with weights. So. Uh, in a, that on that machine, I do all of my upper body stuff. At once, I'll do I'll do you know chest stuff, uh, tricep you know stuff and and curls and and lats you know for just to just to do that that kind of workout. Right. It's not heavy heavy weight. It's controlled. It's semi isometric. It's not you know complete just dead weight lifting. You know the cables get a little bit of resistance. You know so. I prefer that because it's it's less injury to the body for me. So mm-hmm. it, it, that's I, I don't work out hard. It, what I what I tend to see myself do is maintenance workout for for strength, and and I also do some mov- movements to help the, the bicep tendons and all these things with the thumbs down and moving up across the body. That I was in physical therapy for a while when I was having these okay. bicep tendon problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of gets all combined into the upper body stuff. Right. And then I just do a couple of leg machines for, you know, for squat type of presses right. um, and, um, you know, the kick-ups for, for the thighs. I don't I don't really do as much as I should, but I find that if I get into, like, a really, uh, you know, more regimented hard workout that the body starts, it starts not liking it too much and it doesn't correlate well with, what I'm doing on the kids, so everything that I do basically has to uh, not inhibit me anyway yeah. when I'm at the kid. Yeah. You know, um, there was a point in time
0: many years ago where I, I started. To, I decided that I was going to get big, bulk right. Right. So I went through a phase of you know getting rid of some fat. I did. I started to get pretty pretty bulky. Right. I had a trainer, a really good trainer, still a good right. friend of mine. Um, but I actually found that I I had trouble navigating because yeah. like my, my yeah. pectoral got in the way of the bicep and I couldn't reach the symbols so then I had to go and change my setup a little. Right. And you know, it's like even harder to like wash my hair and stuff like that. Because yeah. it's it harder to reach. Up. Tight. Yeah. Of course, at, at that time I wasn't a trainer. I knew nothing about flexibility and I wasn't doing any kind of post workout stretches to try to, you know, speed along the muscle recovery, yeah. which we know about now as trainers, but
1: Anyways. Um, that's one thing I do need to get better at, is stretching post-workout. My wife kind of kicks my butt trying to do that. There's some great things I can, I'll email you. <laughs> yeah, <good.
0: laughs> great things you yeah, can great. do, uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. So Basically, though, when you, when you think about it, and there's new information out there. Well, some of it's not really that new. You don't need to go uh, crazy in the gym. Right. You, know, you don't need to do a, an hour and a half, two hour, three hour workout. Lift all the weight you can possibly weight. Um, lift. lift. Yeah. You just maintenance. There's nothing wrong with maintenance. Right. In fact, um, that's pretty. Much that's what about I'm what about. I'm doing a lot yeah. of the times. Unless I'm in a training mode, my new obsession are obstacle yeah. races. Yeah. You know, Spartan.
1: Right. Uh, climbing walls. And yeah. I just, right wanna, I just don't want to. I just don't want to injure because I'm on the verge of, of, you know, always being in an injured state. You mm-hmm. know, especially with this, with this, with this uh, uh, rotator. So. So I don't want to overdo it. So I stay at the same kind Can't of weight. You know, know, I just do what I can do. And it's, I'm very careful to, to not move quickly or in, in a way that, that will... When one little screen. thing
0: goes wrong, too, and a part you use repetitively over and over, I mean, it's amazing how much uh, it can affect us. Yeah. But we may not have ever thought of it before. Yeah. You know, one little pinch thing here, and you're doing this. I mean, already yeah, well, thousands of times a night, I mean, that's... That's rough yeah
1: well that that kind of leads into the whole you know yeah relationship of the drums and the movement and all, and all that stuff unless you have other questions no uh, exercise i life. don't
0: but seeing as how i am a uh, considered a human movement specialist and of course when i teach this in my workshops for ebfa uh, evidence-based fitness academy and this is for sure yeah nice so uh, we Of course, I'm teaching and relo- uh, relevant to um, movement on your feet. You're, you're running, you're walking, you're playing a sport, uh, you're using the ground to get your energy right. and you, you, you know, how efficiently you take in energy and then release it, uh, there's so much stuff I could talk about. Right. But um, now that I understand this stuff from the fitness and the movement world uh, point of view, I'm even more interested now in how you're uh, approaching movement, uh, movement efficiency, economy when you play because it's something I noticed from the first time I saw you which actually was in the fall of 86, um, Alan Hosler's band opened up for the
1: electric band in Syracuse. Chick band, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I might have yeah. said that wrong. So it was Chick Corea electric band right. and I went to see him because I'd already seen Chick, oh, Of course, I love seeing Chick, right, right, I love it. Right. But I hadn't seen you yet, and uh, that night was the first time I noticed. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I haven't seen anybody flow like that, and I think over the years um, that's even changed. I mean, yeah, it's changed. Then, when you then, changed that rack, Tom set up, yeah.
1: things changed even more. That was back in the mid '90s. It? Wow. Well, it's interesting. Um, by the time, by the time you saw me at '80. I'd have to see a picture because now I don't know because there was a transition period, but but the way that I set up now is um, you know is more conducive to what we call the traditional grip, which you know with drumsticks is holding sticks this way instead of this way. So this is called a match grip. This is called a traditional grip because of the tradition of marching. So. For this, for this angle, you know, the natural angle is is much different than it is from here. So it's higher on the left. So the entire kit sort of goes from left to right to accommodate the grip. Back in the, um, I think uh, it might have been in the mid to late 70s um, when I went to the Stan Kenton. Bandcamp. Oh, Bandcamp. Yeah, the drummer there was, was is, is still a good friend of mine today. His name is uh, Gary Hobbs. Oh, Gary Hobbs. And yeah. Gary had was setting up, and, and I think the drummer preceding Gary was Peter Erskine, who was also one of, they, was. one of my favorites, greats, and a friend as well. And you know, in Stan Kenton's band, they had to play this big, huge twenty-six inch ride cymbal, <laughs> which you couldn't fit on the kit, but they still were playing two toms, so they moved the toms off left, Mm -hmm. kind of like I have them now, Mm -hmm. so I did that too, you know, because I wanted, it it seemed like it made sense for, um, for, to get the ride somewhat closer, even if it wasn't a bigger ride, and I have the tops here, so I played that, that setup. and if you go back and look, you know, can think of any pictures, when I was on the Simon Garfunkel tour in 83, Mm -hmm. that's how it was setting up. Okay when I got the electric band because of electronics because of everything else that was going on. I put the two toms back on the bass drum and moved the ride up, which actually from a you know from an ergonomic standpoint was not as smart or not as good for the body because it made me reach more. Um, Pretty sure that's how it was when I saw you yeah, and it could have you know and then I actually went to three times on the bass drum at one point, which even got the ride farther away so, um, those days were kind of responsible for a lot of neck and shoulder problems that, that uh, really kind of graduated into into nerve problems going down the hands later on, um, and that combined with studying with a gentleman by the name of Freddie Gruber who passed away a few years ago. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, Freddie really got me to um, to understand and look at the at the aspect of um, natural body movement as applied to the kid first mm-hmm. of all. So that made me relook at the at the positioning of everything and I went back to moving the toms off to the to the side and the ride right here so that so that basically I can stay, you know, very natural wherever wherever I go with the sticks, I can I can hit things without doing things that pinch nerves in the back or, or move me yeah. in a way that's yeah. unnatural. And I basically, that's how I try to do everything now. I mean, when If I drive a car, it's like I want to make sure that I'm comfortable. If I'm on the computer, I don't want to be doing this. If I'm yeah. whatever I'm doing, it's very conscious now that I just don't want to be jacking up neck and shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, I even have a pillow that, that allows me to sleep, you know, it's, it's elevated on the sides, has a deep kind of hole in the middle. Oh, yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. And for those who are interested in that pillow, it's Tri-Core is the, is the company, and I always Help promote this pillow because it's, it's it's fantastic. I have a smaller travel one that I always travel mm-hmm. with, and I, I have one at home. That's cool. So yeah, it keeps the neck supported on your back and, and on the sides it elevates the, mm-hmm. you to keep the spine straight. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was part of my therapy when I had this this neck problem from all of the bad positioning and playing mm-hmm. that eventually pinched uh, vertebrae, the nerves between vertebrae five and six. Right. Went down the arm. I was freezing. I was you know losing control and. And this was this was probably 16 17 years ago now okay. um, so after studying with freddy uh, moving things back around um i i'm better playing shit now at 56 than i was at 40 you know so
0: well i tell yeah. you i was at the show last night there he's uh, playing with osnoid jimmy Haslop at the iridium and um just, I noticed that last night, it just gets smoother and smoother. It gets, it's like every angle, you know, if I sat at your kid, Jimmy and I were talking, if I sat at your kid, not that I could do anything to impress anybody, but it would be even harder because my arms are different length, I'm taller, right? So we're all structured differently, so you, but the way you have it set for you, it's like the heights of every symbol, every drum, and the angles, yeah. and everything, is just, it creates this, like that thing we were talking last night, this flow. If I could do a time lapse,
1: I, I would see the most interesting flow. Of, if, uh, well, where drumming is concerned for me, it's the you know where the you know where the natural uh, end of the stroke stops. That's where I want to be hitting a surface. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it all starts with the seat height. Is the first is the first yes. aspect because too low. Uh, you know, because because the feet are always moving as well, so that creates hip problems and joint problems with the pelvis and. Sitting too low, so I have to be sitting high enough uh, to sort of get um, a slope down towards the knees and the thighs. Sure. Um, and then it then it becomes uh, well, a balance. Your yeah. Well, that too, um, but it really is about the freedom of the stick, because if, when you're balanced in the stick, you know, for it to to go both ways uh, from a you know from a uh, physics standpoint, you know, right. it's, you want it to go up and down. And uh, if it's back here, it only goes down. But when you're balanced, there's all this stick in the back. So if you're sitting too low and you're hitting the drum, well, your leg is in the way. Or if it. the drum is too low, your other drum is in the way. Uh-huh. So it becomes a, you know, a whole thing of freedom of motion. Uh, and you have to be starting sitting high enough, and then the drums have to be high enough so that you're not continuing to go too low and exactly. find a natural reaction. It's more
0: energy it's more, you have to, expend yeah. to get down there, right? Exactly. Well, and, and then you have to expend more energy to pick, pick it back up. up. Yeah, Yeah.
1: the idea is to, with, with Freddie's approach, was to let the stick do most of the work, mm-hmm. so that you were really only concentrating on the energy going down, and, and the energy coming up was produced by the rebound. Mm-hmm. And a lot of drummers make the mistake of gripping too tight from the front of the hand and closing down the stick, which first of all makes it dead. Versus live, mm-hmm. so if it's dead, that's your sound. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, you're stopping the energy and not letting it flow, so that circle thing you're talking that's a about. It's hard to stop, too. But it's yeah, but if you're if you're letting it rebound and it's and it's loosened here with control, then it, the stick is free to come up more, and it's kind of like bouncing ball. So the energy just continues, and I'm manipulating instead of doing. So it's like bouncing so you're ball. you're basically you're
0: allowing. The, the head and the stick. To uh, you're allowing allowing them to give you a lot back, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It really is. It really is. If you can think about bouncing a ball, that's the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about what you do, it's the ball is carrying the energy. You're not really doing it. So exactly. So that yeah. becomes what happens with the stick, and it's just kind of, kind of a constant energy flow. So the so the setup, the heights, the angles, the approach, it all works together to to make. Motion aspect work and to make the you know the actual physical event of hitting a drum easier. Um,
0: Another thing I was curious about is: Do you find that uh, the drum heads you use uh, make make a difference? I mean, I I remember uh, it's been a few years now, but uh, we might play a festival and there's this uh, kit already there, so just. Play and hope that it's a decent kit, but if they have the wrong heads on a beautiful set, I remember this brand new set of Yamaha something, I don't know what they were, but they were beautiful, the heads were, well, they were new heads, but they, they didn't, of course the tension and the tuning, but also the head itself, mm-hmm. how do you find that to be? Is that uh,
1: yeah, an a, important the, thing for you regarding huge, energy and flow? Huge, okay. huge, huge, huge. Because it's vibrations. Heads, symbols, the way they're designed as well. And I've had a a big part in this in symbols that I designed. They're actually a part of a um, um, their own brand within the series of of Sabian symbols. Mm -hmm. They're they're called HHX Evolution and Legacy. And those are my creation along with Sabian to create a symbol that offers the path of least resistance. That's Mm -hmm. the whole motto that I'm after when I'm trying to really do anything. Especially, I actually bought all yeah. those cymbals. Yeah, I had the yeah, they're, the they're, one with
0: the flange down, and then the yeah. ozone. Yeah, the ozone. They're fantastic
1: because they respond. You don't have to put a lot of energy in yeah. for the for the sound to come out. It's the same with the drum head, and that's why I use Remo heads and I use single ply heads, which are ambassador weight, either coated or clear, mm-hmm. and um, anything thicker. First of all, the way that Remo constructs their heads is, I think, different than anybody else, any other head company on the market, and that uh, allows the head to feel differently. Mm -hmm. So the response, anytime I ever play another head, it's just like, man, it not only sounds different Mm -hmm. uh, and not as pleasing to me, but it also feels different, and it's actually like it's eating up the stick instead of throwing it back. Right. So big difference, huge, yeah. Interesting. Um,
0: so, the other thing I was thinking is, um, I think I, I just thought of this this morning as I was on the way down here into town and I got thinking about different gigs. Do you find that, uh, let's say, first of all, are there gigs that you do where the intensity you need to play at is different from one to the other? And if so, does that change your setup at all, your height, your angles,
1: or anything like that? Most of my live playing these days, um, I'm, I'm pretty much in a position where I'm in control of um, how I play and what I do and it's the gigs that I accept and, and I wouldn't put myself into a heavy metal rock and roll situation because I am not trained to do that. Um, it's, it's, that's a, that would be like going into a physical training like you would do for some sporting. You know? Right. Right. Triathlon or something, you know, I'd have to actually like spend months and months, if not years, training for that. And at this age, forget about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not interested. Let the let the young guys do that. Yeah. Can you know they got the. No, you can you get know, hurt doing that too. if yeah, You get into it too, too fast. Yeah. it's
0: like any other kind of training. You, yeah. if you don't so, train enough, you get hurt. Right.
1: So the gigs that I choose uh, allow enough, you know, uh, room and space dynamically so that I can that I can play at more or less a relaxed level and that, that plays into what you're witnessing of the flowing ease of motion. I mean, if I'm forced to be in a position to have to hit hard, then that all goes out the window. And I just don't want to play that way, I refuse to. So most of the gigs that I play, it's, you know, we work, there's an understanding to try to get a balance, even if it's music that's a little heavier, like like the gig that I'm doing right now with Osnoy and Jimmy Haslip, it's, it's kind of a power jazz rock fusion trio, you know? blues. Mm -hmm. I know Oz doesn't like to use the word fusion, but um, so it's a little on the upper end of the heavy spectrum for me, you know, most of the stuff that I do. But then again, having said that, there, like I said, there's enough contrast within the gig that allows light, comfortable playing as well. So so yes, if I'm, so to answer the question, on live gigs, I pretty much set up the same way all the time. Unless Mm -hmm. I'm playing with more of an acoustic jazz group, then I use smaller drums, smaller bass drums, maybe one less tom. You know, different assortment of cymbals. There's an no acoustic video out that's fairly recent. Yes, yeah, so an eight, eight,
0: eighteen-inch kick on that. That's and, right. Uh, with Gary Meek and
1: um, yeah, Nicole. and that, that's my uh, that is actually my acoustic group um, called it, you know very profound title Dave white Acoustic Band. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they sound great. Uh, so yeah that that uh, that video is available my Website as well as uh, my newest recording projects with that band and another project uh, which i Oliver over Convergence. Those are both available oh, as yeah, and, and physical copies. But but yes. Yeah, so if I'm playing uh, you know you know that kind of acoustic thing and it, it's a little bit of a different setup. If I'm in the studio and I have to do more of a rock thing for just a, one recording track, I might. Just turn over and play match group because it's it's less fatigue on the mm-hmm. on the tradition and that's where the thumb damage comes from. So okay. so I'll turn it over and play matched and I'll set up the drums lower and different angles to accommodate that grip because it, it is much different. Right, right. Speaking of website, uh, can you let them know your website? Very simple, Dave Weckl, spelled W-E-C-K-L dot com, and that's pretty much where we. At the moment, house all of our uh, all of the product because I'm I'm trying to keep it off of uh, streaming websites and I know yeah, that limits yeah. the exposure of the of the of the product and eventually I guess we'll put it on there but um, you know our our business is slowly deteriorating because of all the yeah. you know the streaming and that could um, be a whole other interview um, too because yeah, that's just that's oh uh, really sad, and sad, and sad. Please support live music and recorded music. by <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, because so it's uh,
0: affected so many people, um, I know you you know this better than anybody, but uh, that's actually, that's a great website too, because there's so much there, and uh, you can find out all about yeah. what Dave's doing, where he's going to be, um, you know, his videos, the products to buy, yeah. uh, vid- um, CDs, videos, everything. Yep. So, DaveWeckl.com, I'll have a link on the screen. Yeah, there's um, official
1: Facebook uh, fan page too. I'll have that link too. Yeah,
0: because right. yeah, we want to make sure
1: that that's yeah. on there. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff and interesting, you know. Definitely back, on. back data as well to check out. Yeah, it's cool. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 very you know correlating and, and relatable to the physical fitness world, you know, because it is a, it is a physical thing. Right. You know, if even one of
0: these uh, elements was to just be taken out, like if you move efficiently on the drums and you work out but you eat really crappy things just aren't gonna work as well or you take out you know the workouts or you just you know decide to set up different to look cooler whatever. <laughs> but i mean you know we're doing if for those who don't think about their setup um it's probably more appropriate is I, I know there are people who were really good, but they still, I don't think they're thinking about their setup and the whole efficiency factor and the economy factor. If any of those things leaves the
1: equation, um, I don't know if it shortens their career, but... Yeah, well it's complex because, you know, first of all there's the, you know, the difference in the grips, like I said, and that's, that's huge, because there are a lot of players out there that attempt to play both ways. They play on the same kit. And I do the same thing occasionally, but I, you know, my, my decision is to, you know, is to set up to you know complement yeah. and, and make this grip usable. Uh, if I play this way, then there's definitely you know I have to sacrifice and compromise on natural positioning. But but like I said, this is the, this is the decision to play it this way. Mm-hmm. So that is the focus of you know the, the ergonomic aspect of the kit. So as far as I know, uh, since I've seen you play, since
0: it won't be thirty years this year. You've always yeah, I, I, I grew
1: conscious. up learning this way. Yeah. I, was a, I was a big Buddy Rich fan and when I was a kid, yeah. and, and Steve Gadd, and, you yeah. know, I, and Peter Ruskin, all of the, all the, all yeah. my favorite players back in the day, played the traditional grip, and so I, I sort of followed suit. Yeah. Yeah, and I, did study, I did study and develop yeah. match grip as well, but, but like I said, once, uh, once I really started paying attention to how important... You know, the setup was to the to the natural physical motion. Uh-huh. Um, it became a, a, a big conflict to try to play both ways on one kit. And so, and nine times out of ten, people set up. Um, you know, to adapt more to the match grip. So when they when they play the traditional, things don't work. So they have just had to just drop, drop them down. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I
0: uh, was always traditional. Yeah. You know, very seldom do matchless. I had to hit really hard for yeah. uh, a short period of time. Maybe flip a stick over or whatever, but yeah. um, I just I could never get this thing together. I didn't really want to. It's a lot of
1: maintenance to try to keep both grips at top level, so it's uh, I don't really have time to do it. So I just concentrate mostly on this. I think you're doing pretty well with that grip. Yeah,
0: it works. (laughs) It works. I'm telling you, man. I I, uh, it's interesting too because you know last night I I saw you play again. Seriously, I'm not just saying this because you're here, uh, but it's like every time just gets better and better. It's just amazing. Um, So it's this ongoing um, evolution and not just the the energy efficiency and how how easy you make it look. You do make it look pretty easy, like really easy, but... Um, well, what's happening up here too what's actually coming out of you idea wise too because you're always evolving and that
1: I'm just so impressed by that I think it's so well, thank you I you know most of it for me is is uh, you know creating the you know the spontaneous moment musically mm-hmm. to support really what's going on with the musicians I'm playing with to you know uh, especially you know support the leader of the group at the time because I mean, they're the ones that are, that are putting the gigs together and you know Bottom line is, as a as a side man of any kind, you, you want to support the leader to make them feel comfortable so that they want like, to keep hiring you. That's the idea, right? Yeah. Uh, but of course, you want to put your your own thing in there as well. And as a drummer, you know, our job is to is to provide uh, you know that support and that atmosphere to to make music work. So, uh, you know, being relaxed and being comfortable at the kit, so that I can convey you know, a nice relaxed time field, even from a visual standpoint, is important, because yeah. it conveys that comfort zone mm-hmm. for everybody else, including the listener and the viewer. You
0: know, yeah, so. I agree with you on that, totally. Yeah. Uh, I've actually been in situations where I've seen uh, drummers, and I'm not comfortable watching them, because they just actually almost as painful sometimes. <laughs> and they may sound good, they might sound really good, yeah. but um, you know, it, it makes me feel better when I
1: well, when I watch you, it just—it's really—it's so cool. Yeah, oh, thanks. <laughs> really I, like I said, it's certainly it's so not. Cool. It's not that I'm trying to 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 look a certain way. You know, it's really just about the freedom to to be expressive in well, the music, and that and that really correlates and translates into uh, if if I'm if I'm not naturally positioned. So that I can just close my eyes and when I when the stick stops, I'm hitting what I'm supposed to be hitting. If I'm not in that position, then everything else is a, is a chore, you know, and it gets, it gets, uh, uh, you know, it gets conflicted and it, you know, it gets, uh, you yeah. know, disturbed, you know. Sure. Well, I yeah.
0: tell you, this has been great, man. Yeah. I really Fun. appreciate you taking this time again. No So I hope you enjoyed this. I know I did. I've, I've, uh, you know, been following Dave for well over 30 years. I started listening to you before I saw you. And uh, so it's been a great, uh, a great experience for me to sit here and talk and learn from you about uh, what you're doing. And of course, remember folks, when you're out there, no matter whether you're gigging or whatever your thing is in life, um, nutrition is really, really important. Eating food, that's healthy it can assimilate in your body and you probably don't need to eat as much as you think you do if we unfortunately look around our society we know that a lot of people do eat too much it's not a judgment it's just a fact that's why i'm here and i say this stuff i talk about this with my clients and classes and all that but and of course we want to keep physically active and Dave explained what he's doing and and you don't need to go crazy but maintenance is very important and of course um if you are a musician Particularly for your drummer, it's the only thing I can relate to. Um, examine your setup. Maybe it's perfect for you. If it's not, though, you're probably going to feel better
1: yeah. if you just set things up. Uh, you know, experiment, see what works. Yeah. Especially for me at this stage of the game, longevity is the is the is the main aspect. And without without the health, without the both physically, mentally, yeah. Yeah. you know, and nutrition-wise nothing else works no it doesn't
0: it's uh, it's really important so and remember I'll have a link on the screen but it's daveweckl.com because this also goes on the iTunes to or the audio portion does okay so uh, right. for you listening <laughs> com, and um, go check them out man uh, even if you you know if you haven't seen them before you maybe you never heard of them because we have a lot of uh, I don't mean that in a bit like, but yeah. I have so many That's fitness fun. people out there who who um, I think it would be interesting for them to watch you, even if they can't check you out live, go to a video and watch, because for those human movement experts out there, um, it's really fascinating to watch an expert like Dave, his craft, uh, moving efficiently. It's something we can all learn from. I've,
1: I'm a new movement expert, and I'm learning from him. So. Yeah, well, I'm, we're all still learning every, every moment. You know. that's, that's one that's of the beauties so of life. <laughs> it's, it's always a learning experience. Right.
0: right. Hey, listen, yeah. thanks again, man. Thank you, Carl. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, SterlingHealthandFitness.com Be sure to come back and visit often. Have a great day.